You're listening to The Contrary Beekeeper Show. I'm Dan. I'm Greg. And I'm James. Join us as we journey into beekeeping while we learn to be the change, one hive at a time. Welcome back, guys, to another Hive Basics show. Today we're talking about the life cycle of the honeybee. There's a lot of different things that happen within a hive, uh, and I think until you get a better understanding of uh, the time frames that all these things occur in and what each component inside the hive does, it's hard to fully understand uh, what it is exactly that the bees do inside of the hive. So maybe we can talk a little bit today about uh, the life cycle of the honeybee, kind of the roles that the queen plays, the drones play, nurse bees play, and field bees. Um, and maybe we can uh, have a little better understanding of um, all the functions within the colony. Where's the best place to start with all this? Probably at the beginning. Let's get into it then. The queen, yeah. I mean, if you don't have a queen... You don't have eggs. You have a bunch of bees that can only live up to 45 days, and then they're about dead. Is this the chicken or the egg question here? Which one came first? I don't know. Which came first, the queen or the... Egg. Or the egg. Hmm. Well, someone had to lay the egg, so it had to have been the queen. But where'd the queen come from? An egg. But who laid the egg? The queen. Mind blown. My mind is blown. I just don't know what to say now. (laughs) So what kind of eggs does the queen lay? Are they all the same when they come out? So she pretty much lays, what, two different types of eggs. Yes. It's really the same egg, but they're in two different locations of a hive. A regular healthy hive, um, let's say she's laying in the regular brood chamber. She's laying future nurse bees and field bees, right? Correct. Hey, Greg, what's a brood chamber? So the brood chamber, uh, inside the hive, you have uh, several frames or an entire box, depending on your setup, where it's full of young uh, eggs that are in the development process from an egg to a larva to a pupa, and then eventually the emerged honeybee. And so there's a, there's a, there's a complete time frame uh, from where the egg will uh, kind of develop into each of those kind of things. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the eggs and the larvas and pupas. The stages they go through. The stages they go through. So we can do a whole show on the hive components. Yeah. Wasn't this the uh, the sex ed talk I had in fifth grade? Right. Your I think sex it, ed I class think it had was. bees in it. That's true. They said the birds and the bees. That's a good point because the queen. You know, you can't just have a queen in a hive. That you have to have a mated queen. Exactly. And what happens if you don't have a mated queen? Well, if you don't have a mated queen and you just have a queen, that's maybe she's either a virgin queen or she's poorly mated. Um, there's all kinds of things that can happen uh, in the hive. And I, we definitely, Dan and I both have some of that going on in our yards this year that maybe we can talk about here in an upcoming uh, bee yard update show. Yeah. So before we jump into, you know, the eggs and the larvae and everything, how, you know, how does a queen even get to the point of laying eggs? Where she can lay eggs. That's, that's a great question. The, the queen, uh, there's all kinds of, you know, we're, first, let's just say we are not experts in the field of, I mean, how to say etymology? Etymology? I don't know. Look, we only play doctors on TVs. Right. Yeah. Right. And I watched a lot of Dr. Quinn medicine when I was a kid. So, I mean, I'm, I, I, I should be that. like half PhD. I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night, though. <laughs> See, we're, 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 we're pretty much experts, but. 
let's just say in our context from as we understand it you know the queen she doesn't mate inside the hive she leaves the hive um takes after, her after she's emerged and she goes on her marital flight yeah um and she'll she'll fly up uh she it all depends on where the drones are hanging out you know it's kind of like that um that good looking girl who's out on a front on, on a friday night with her friends and so, she walks across a bunch of boys who are you know, whistling and hooting and hollering. Same kind of thing with drones and a queen. So drones are the male bees then? Drones are, are the male bees. And while most people will say, well, their only function is to mate with the queen, there's a lot of interesting uh, insight um, about drones um, and kind of what they do on a, I don't want to say spiritual level inside the hive, but there, there's some really interesting uh, information out there uh, in Gunther Hawk's book and also Jacqueline uh, Freeman's book. Um, about, you know, kind of have a better understanding of some of the other roles that no one really talks about with the drones. Well, I know Kim Flotham also has a, I think I'm saying that last name right, Flotham. Uh, he has a hour-long lecture on YouTube about the role of drones in the hives, and it's actually, he, he states he can tell his hive health just by his drone population the drone and how they are. Yeah. And, yeah. So while they're, while the, the, the main component, uh, the main act that we rec- usually recognize them for is just for mating the queens and so in most situations you know uh, within five miles or so of a bee yard will be areas where drones hang out and they're waiting for the queens to come up and find them um, and then it's it's uh, every drone for himself does that have to do with the waggle dance that i've heard about you know i don't know i don't know if it has anything to do with the waggle dance if if i've not i uh, thought the waggle dance was just for nectar and pollen unless Unless there's other uh, field bees that are let or are are maybe they know where the drones are hanging out, they come back and let the queen know so she can go up and find them. Maybe I don't know if if you know that answer, let us know I, because we don't, honestly don't know. Again, we're not yeah. experts in any of this. No, yeah. But the but the queen she'll go up um, up to 200 feet in the air, uh, up to five miles away from the hive to get mated. And you know what you have there is you know, the first 15 or 20 drones that can. Uh, they mate with the queen, and as soon and as once, all at once, one after the other. Wow, wham bam. Yep, and um, once once they uh, deposit their sperm in the queen, they fall off and die, and that is their their life's um, purpose is to mate that queen. How? Do, why do they die? I don't know, Dan. Why do they die? Something like their penis is exploding. Something about their that living. is true. We that has been scientifically proven, but maybe. We should have our listeners look that up on Google instead of us doing that on the field. There, aren't there's they? a YouTube yeah. video of them where they like tied a queen to a stick, and you can and it spins, and you can see all the drones made. It's pretty cool. Have you seen it? No. We should find that. And, Let's uh, just say the mating cycle is pretty intense. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like yeah, so so fifth, so she'll be mated by like fifteen or twenty drones. So what she has is she has uh, a wide range, and she has she has genetic diversity. Um, within her and then so when she then takes her mating flight uh, she gets inseminated she comes back to the hive and then now she has her eggs and she has uh, semen to fertilize um, those eggs so she can then make either drones or um, workers make girl worker bees does she choose who's a worker and who's a drone she she can she 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 can choose whether to fertilize her egg or not fertilize her egg so what's the difference between fertilizing egg and not fertilizing one if it's not fertilized, it's a drone. If it's fertilized, it's a worker. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so you can get into situations where you have a poorly mated queen um, where she maybe she runs out of semen. Or, or the, you have a worker that is laying drones. Right. 
or the queen yeah or yeah so so the more bees that that the more drones that mate with her the better right and you're not you know unless you have a bee yard and you know where, where you have you know i don't know 30 to 100 hives you know when that queen goes up and gets mated she's getting mated by other bees in your area so you're you're getting a lot of genetic diversity just by your queen going out and getting mating and coming back and how far does she go for five up to, miles up to five miles they yeah. say yeah so wow. i mean that's that's um that's you know pretty neat if you're like um an ocd control freak you know you might not like that because you might want to specifically you might think you want to specifically control the genes of your bees um but uh, that's a whole other conversation but it sounds just about as logical trying to control what kind of uh, flavor honey you're going to get at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. You'd have, unless you're putting your hives like in a 10 mile radius clover field, you're going to get a very, you're, you're going to get a, uh, a variety of, of nectar, uh, you know, coming back in. So, yeah. So she goes off, she gets mated, she, she comes back, she's ready to either fertilize an egg um, or unfertilize it, whether she wants to make uh, or not fertilize it, whether she wants to make more girl bees, which are the workers, or the boy bees, which are the drones. And I think drones are a sign of a, of a healthy hive because um, she's able to um, change the course um, of that hive. But it's, I think it's more so maybe the worker bees um, can detect and sense things that are going inside of the hive. Um, they can start to draw out the larger cells. The When she lays a worker egg, it's going into their regular size uh, cell. And when she's laying into a drone cell, because drones are larger, those are the larger, almost nectar size cells. Um, and so she's laying eggs uh, into the cells that the worker bees are actually drawing out and creating. So you could, you know, some people argue and say, well, the queen's actually in charge of a hive. Well, the queen carries the pheromone and kind of the overall energy of the hive, but the workers dictate and draw out the cell sizes. And so she lays into the cells that the workers draw out. So you could actually argue that the workers are more in tune with the health of the hive and draw out what's needed. But can she not skip over herself? She doesn't want to lay in it? She could. But I think you could probably get to a maybe get to a place where that's a good point. I didn't want to be contradictory. If she was but sa- you know, maybe if she was contradictory sassy on the and, contrary podcast, yeah, if yes. she was a contrary queen, maybe she would. What's really interesting about that idea, though, is there's this weird thing that we don't understand about um, the harmony and communication within a hive, to where the queen is like you know one of the most selfless uh, critters in that big superorganism. Um, so it's really super interesting. So she'll lay an egg and it'll either go into the smaller worker size cell or it'll go into the larger drone size cell. And for the first three days, whether it's a worker um, or a drone, uh, they're getting fed royal jelly. What exactly is this royal jelly? That's a good question, Dan. Uh, let's take a look through uh, beekeeping for dummies and see what they have to say. <laughs> is that our source material for this episode? We'll put them in the show notes. So this is what this is what dummies have to say. Uh, royal jelly is the food of royalty. Royal jelly is a powerful, creamy substance that transforms an ordinary worker bee into a queen bee and extends her lifespan from six weeks to five years. It's made of digested pollen and honey of nectar mixed with chemicals secreted from a gland in a nurse bee's head. In health food stores, it commands a premium price rivaling even imported caviar. Those in the know use royal jelly as a dietary supplement for fertility stimulants. It contains an abundance of nutrients, including essential minerals, B-complex vitamins, 
proteins, amino acids, collagen, essentially fatty acids, just to name a few. Wow, so it's like a it's a honeybee superfood. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised we haven't you know seen more of this uh, on the news. <laughs> Probably because it's expensive. It's expensive. I'm not, I think you can you could go get royal jelly at like Whole Foods or. Probably those you know fancy food places, I'm sure. But it sounds like people are using this even for fertility treatments. Humans are. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's interesting because literally, you know, uh, that's like it. Like you mentioned there, you can you can turn a regular worker cell into a queen by giving her that diet of royal jelly. Yeah. So for the first three days, whether um, and we should say uh, the third type of larva that could develop in a hive would be a queen exactly if a, if a hive is getting crowded out and they're and they're putting on swarm cells they're you know those longer peanut downward facing um cells they're anticipating they're they're making a queen uh and, and to do that they're giving her the diet of royal jelly whereas a worker and a drone are um, only getting what royal jelly for the first what three days yeah, yeah. maybe a drone gets it a touch longer um, but after the third day, that little egg develops into a little grub-like um, organism called larva, and that larva uh, will be in the larval stage um, up until it gets capped, up to about the ninth, tenth day. Um, and so, from for the first three days or so, they're being fed royal jelly, and then from that third day up to the ninth, tenth day, um, as the egg has gone to has developed into a larva, they're actually feeding them something different. Is that uh, bee bread, from what I understand? That's bee bread. Nectar and pollen, pretty much, is they mix it up, and that's what they feed. So are they bringing in each thing differently and then mixing it? They store nectar and pollen inside the hive. And then they mix it up and then restore it, yep. um, usually right there where the nursery's at, so they can feed that directly to the larva at that point, yeah. isn't it? And is that the, the nurse bee that feeds them? The nurse bee, yeah. Um, yeah. The what, nurse, what is a nurse bee? We haven't well, even touched on that yet. Well, once they go through all the stages, egg larva, capped, and they emerge, each bee has a different role throughout the hive. Uh, it's something that constantly changes, uh, and it all depends on the age of the bee. So it's actually unique what really happens inside the hive depending on the age of the bee. Uh, generally, when it emerges the first few days of it, it's actually eating, getting a little bit larger. And then generally around day three, you'll notice that they'll start to take uh, more duties inside the hive. So they'll be taking out dead bees. They'll uh, feeding some of the other bees. They generally take care of all the housekeeping. Uh, around day 12, actually, they uh, are able to produce beeswax, and they take more of the architect route and will help expand the hive. They'll fix broken comb. Uh, comb we broke when we were in there just by maintaining. And then from there, they hit day 24, and day 24 is where they start going out to the field and actually collecting nectar and bringing it back. So the younger bees will actually meet them. They'll take that nectar. They regurgitate it back and forth through a bunch of different bees. So when they first emerge, they're they're called nurse bees because they're in the nursery side yes. of the brood chamber. And they're actually nursing yes. the larvae and the eggs. From there, they, they develop um, to be a worker bee Correct. inside of the hive. Like you, like you said, and they're draw, they're starting to uh, do some some maintenance inside of the hives, yes. keeping things clean, uh, maybe moving mites out, yep. uh, running running ants, the you know doing maintenance House, housekeeping, housekeeping work. Yeah, yes. exactly housekeeping work. And then pretty the, much. eventually they start uh, 
drawing out wax and actually constructing yes. on and the around inside the same alive. time frame they'll also fan the nectar to remove that water from evaporate the, the water yes. turn to honey so yeah it's something that's storable that won't mold or god forbid it ferment and turn into something delicious like hooch yes <laughs> <laughs> and then right about three weeks or so they, they they leave the hive they become forage bees yep field bees and they're bringing in nectar and pollen and water and, and they're they're doing they're working that aspect of it so it's amazing you know and then and they only have what a 45 day lifespan yeah for the regular season yep that's really interesting how they have all these different jobs for their whole life planned out maybe that's age correlation for them as well you know playing to your strength of how old you are exactly that's really neat so they're they have a they have um different uh developmental stages as they're in the cell then once they emerge they have different duties that mm-hmm. they perform um inside of the hive and then outside of the hive to eventually at 45 days or so um they're they're expired now we we know the expiration of the worker and this actually freaked me out a little bit last year when i saw it for the first time when do the drones expire? Hmm. I think they expire when they mate. Well, the, oh, the drones that do mate expire once they yes. mate. But all the drones that are left inside of the hive, when it comes time for wintertime, the girls be kicking the boys out. I actually, the curb. I saw larvae, drone larvae on the ground in front of my hives, and it absolutely freaked me out. I thought something was wrong, but both hives consistently did it, so I wasn't too sure. Then I started going through there and... They were evicting all the drones. Now, I think they do keep, the, I, I think they keep a couple on hand because I've seen some, you know, late into the season and that they're mm-hmm. already there uh, in the beginning. I think so. Maybe they just don't need too many roosters in the hen house. They can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and, but I think for the, maybe the great majority, they, they, they kick out. And it's weird. It's because it's not like they actually kick them out. And there's a, at least what I've seen. Um, here with, with, with their hives, it's like you can see them kind of edging them out, pushing them out the the uh, entrance, and they just leave. Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe there's times where they have to, you know, to to put them down um, so they they drop out front. Maybe that happens too. Um, but it's a it's a super super complicated thing. We could spend days and days and days talking about um, all those aspects. But maybe we should get back to talk about eggs and larvae then. Eggs and larvae. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so that that's that's the neat thing. Um, so when when they when they are laying the eggs and they're going through that developmental stage, um, there's different time frames that each queen worker or drone will emerge. Uh, for a queen, she'll emerge at about 16 days. A worker bee emerges from those cells at 21 days, and a drone emerges at 24 days. So it's interesting when you start getting into making splits and working your bees, you can kind of get a better understanding. Um, as to where your bees are and what cycle, um, as you see things start to um, cells to be drawn out and capped and then emerge, um, it's kind of a, a neat process to kind of understand that you know there it's not all, that this hive is just not full of worker bees that all have to do the same thing at the same time. There's different timings that are, are occurring naturally inside of the hive, and somehow you can have hives with thirty and fifty and a hundred thousand bees that somehow are in harmony and get it and they all get along and they know what's what chores need to happen and they just do it yeah it's absolutely amazing that's really interesting how many the differences between the the days of all the different types of bees and i can kind of understand from a science point of the queen because she's being pumped through uh, with pheromones through like royal jelly 
So I could see her process being uh, boosted more than the others. But Isn't that something else that the, the royal jelly and the, the length of time that they're feeding uh, the larva or the egg and the larva, the royal jelly dictates what role that that organism plays in a colony. Yeah. I mean, that's, that shows you right there why it's used for fertility treatments. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it's one of those things to where like the more, the more you think, you know, the less you'd really understand about all this and how this always occurs and how they can keep the life cycle going, uh, to themselves. So, um, yeah, so, so hopefully that, that gives, gives folks a little bit better understanding as, um, we were just scratching the surface with all these things, but hopefully folks are, are, are that the takeaway is, is there's different timings that occur inside of the hive. And then once the bees emerge, there's different functions that the bees do. And somehow they just figure it all out themselves. Um, and they just make it happen. Constantly goes. Yep. Nature is a weird thing. It is. Nature always wins. <laughs> yeah. I learned <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for, uh, for listening again. And uh, checking out another show. Hopefully, that these hive basic shows are helpful and um, scratching the surface and giving folks a little better understanding. Uh, follow us on internet, Facebook, YouTube. Like, comment, share. If you want to have anything to add to the conversation, add it. We want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, because there's and everyone's probably way smarter than we are about these things. We'd love oh, to. There's so uh, many more people, especially if you, than us. especially if you have uh, any kind of weird uh, or or just strange. Uh, facts about these kind of things like for instance did you know why they call it the honeymoon no why because the vikings used to get hammered and be locked in their house for a month to make their first child right after they got married that's exactly it so uh, a, a, a tradition was uh, when a couple married they were, were drinking mead every day for the first month that makes sense and of course mead's made out of honey to get them yep. better to know each other and also to conceive Mm-hmm. That's why they call it the honeymoon. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. And if anybody else knows out there what, what the Waggle Dance is and more about it, please let us know. Let us know. Well, speaking of mead, we say we uh, hop off here and have a little tasting. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm game. As always, keep it contrary. Be the change. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>